morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Bear's Moving Markets podcast. It's Friday, the 11th of August, and my name is Helen Freer. So we had the eagerly awaited US inflation data yesterday. On today's show, I'll be talking about this and more market news with Roman Canciani. And then I'll be asking Tim Gagey about the latest in currency markets. And I'll also be getting his thoughts on what yesterday's inflation numbers mean for the US dollar. But let's start with the latest market news. Good morning, Roman. Good morning, Helen. What a ride it was for investors yesterday. At first, markets seemed to have found some reasons to be cheerful. We had some positive earnings reports to start the day and later on the benign US consumer price inflation report, which pushed stocks up and yields down. But these moves then reversed as the trading day drew to a close. Can you fill us in, please, Roman, on what was driving markets yesterday? Well, yes, sure. Let's uh, take things one by one. The uh, day started with a few really strong earnings reports in Japan, with, for example, automotive company Honda closing almost 6% higher. Also, Zurich Insurance and Allianz delivered better than expected results, helping European indices to a good start and making up for those companies reporting worse than expected figures like Siemens, for example. Later on in the morning, Alibaba, the Chinese e-commerce giant, published its results, uh, which beat estimates by and large, and led its uh, US-listed stocks to close almost 5% higher in the end. And uh, travel and luxury stocks also helped overall indices climbing in Europe after news broke that China eased travel restrictions further, allowing group tours to visit more countries. This is certainly a real boon for many of the world's touristic hotspots. Chinese tourists usually not only come, see and take pictures, but also spend big on high-end watches and fashion too. So the biggest company in Europe in uh, terms of market capitalization, LVMH, added 3.5% on the news. That seems like a lot of good news then. But from a market perspective, all eyes were on the release of the US Consumer Price Index report for July yesterday. So what are the details here? Was there anything spectacular in the report? Well, actually not. The data came in more or less as expected, but they confirmed those believing that the Federal Reserve is likely to be done with regard to interest rate hikes. Actually, swap traders reduced their expectations for the Fed to hike again in September to a probability of 10% just after the figures were out. By the way, this is consistent with the view of our own economists, who wrote in a note yesterday that they continue to believe that the tightening cycle in the US has peaked with the July hike. Right. But then the moves we saw in US Treasuries are kind of inconsistent with that view, right? After sliding first, the yield curve in the US moved up considerably towards the end of trading. How does that make sense if we believe that the Fed is done with tightening? Well, This is a good question. One would really expect to see US Treasury yields falling on such news. But the mood in fixed income markets was troubled by Fed Bank of San Francisco uh, President Mary Daly, who said that despite the data coming in largely as expected, the Federal Reserve still has more work to do before it claims a victory on inflation, which could be interpreted as a warning to markets that rates might stay elevated for longer than currently expected. And there was also an auction of 23 billion US dollars in 30-year treasuries, which came in much weaker than expected. Buyers were awarded with the highest yield since 2011. So currently, 30-year treasuries trade at 424, 10 years right on that crucially important technical level of 4. 
10 and two years are at 484, all yield significantly higher than yesterday morning. Okay, and going back now to equity markets, US stock prices retreated into the close after the fireworks that they started the day with. How can we explain that? Well, after the first cheer, the rally faded into the end of trading and uh, most strategists I read this morning just point out the lack of catalysts in the inflation data for a more pronounced rally. Still, US markets managed to close in the green only for the second day in August, actually, and only just. Outperformers yesterday were telecom and consumer discretionary, with Disney up almost 5% on better numbers. Lackards yesterday were utilities, real estate and industrials. But as said, the moves in general were, were, were pretty modest. And how did Asia-Pacific markets kick off the day then? Well, yes, uh, Japan is closed today for a holiday and uh, China is trading slightly lower with mainly tech stocks dragging the indices down. In a speech yesterday, US President Joe Biden called China's economic problems a ticking time bomb, something that certainly doesn't go uh, down well with Chinese leaders. And there's some news that China will allow provincial governments to raise money to repay debt of some of their financing vehicles, probably to address financial stability threats. And just finally, what's in store for investors today? What should we be looking out for? Well, there's a raft of economic data releases today. We already had a lot of UK data in for June, like GDP, industrial production, services, and also construction data, and all coming in much stronger than expected. Uh, Furthermore, uh, CPI prints are expected today, this time from France and Spain. And in the afternoon, there will be some US reports on producer prices and sentiment indicators. And in addition, there's uh, still plenty of earnings reports, mainly in Europe. But looking at the futures board, it doesn't look too bad. US futures are slightly in the green, pointing to a positive start uh, of trading in the US. So that's it from me. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you very much, Roman, for the comprehensive roundup this morning. Now, Tim, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning, Helen. Thanks for having me. Now, as we heard from Roman, CPI data in the US was more or less in line. So did this have much of an impact on the US dollar? Initially, yes. We actually saw what looked like quite a promising sell-off in the dollar at first anyway. Eurodollar jumping to 110.65 and cable to above 128. But as often seems to be the case these days, there was absolutely no follow-through. And we quickly slipped back to where we had been before and basically where we are now. Ranges are getting quite tight, and it is definitely still a summer market in the major currencies. As we heard, there was a lot of data today. We already had GDP in the UK, of course, which was really not bad. Same for industrial production. But it is unlikely for any of the other data points to really move the needle. I think what really needs to happen is for the market to get some clarity on what central banks are going to do not just at the next round of meetings, but for the next six months. If the Fed, the ECB, the Bank of England and friends decide to give a bit more illumination, a bit more of a long-term view, then at that point, I think we could see a trend forming, which to me would most likely be a weaker dollar. But the central banks are keeping things pretty close to the chest for now, so we might have to wait a bit longer for any breakout. Now, let me ask you about the Japanese yen. I see this is getting pretty hammered again. Is this more of the same or is there something new going on here? Yeah, more of the same. Nothing new at all. It's just taking a pasting because the carry is so heavily against the currency. The Bank of Japan is still showing no signs of caring, particularly about the weakness of its currency. 
it looks like the market really wants to test a destruction the Bank of Japan's patience regarding the weakening of its currency. So, until the Bank of Japan either change policy or intervene meaningfully, it looks like the yen will continue to soften, and I would still not want to try to catch this particular falling knife. Saw some questions yesterday on buying yen against Swiss francs, and looking at the chart, I totally get it. Problem is, I would totally have got it at 150, 155, and 160, and we are now at 165. So it also looked like a good idea to buy yen and sell Swissies before, and it wasn't. Honestly, I would just stay away entirely from the yen, unless you have a real need for it, in which case, enjoy how weak it is and don't overthink it. And what about commodity currencies? You've mentioned before that you saw some opportunities in this space. What's the latest? Indeed. We have felt for a while, or I have anyway, that the entry levels on some of these currencies, especially Aussie dollar, Canadian dollar, and Norwegian krona, look pretty good. The Aussie dollar, which was my favourite, has been a bit disappointing, but it looks like a really nice entry point here, just above 0.65 against the US dollar. Last time we were here, the next move was to 0.69. So I would quite happily try to buy a few Aussie dollars somewhere around here, looking to capture a similar recovery. The Canadian dollar is a little bit more in the middle of its range, with room towards 136. We're about 134.30 now. But selling a call on dollars against Canadian dollars, uh, maybe looking at an accumulator or bearish tarp with a strike around 138, if that works, could definitely make some sense, as I doubt we are going to see a bigger sell-off. Noki still makes me a bit nervous. The swings are too wide. Liquidity is not so great. So I think I would leave that one alone and rather focus on the Aussie and the Looney, where I think there are some good opportunities right here. And just finally, what about gold and other precious metals? What are your latest thoughts on these? Well, still a bit of pressure on metals at the moment. As always, rates are the main issue. The lack of yield is such a killer. And then when markets are quiet, it is hard for metals to really rally. Starting with my longtime favourite platinum, it does still seem that below 900 is a buying opportunity. Once again yesterday we dipped below, but it did not like it down there. And this morning we have returned to more sort of around 920. I think if you have no exposure, I would look at a reverse convertible in dollars against platinum. I think you would get a decent coupon for a strike below this 900 support level. Gold is tougher. It's a massive support coming in now at 1900. That's the 200-day moving average. We've not even touched that moving average since December. And the last time we broke below it, which was in mid-2022, we went from 1850 down to about 1625, which is a decent move. So it's definitely one to watch. I would still be more inclined to reduce exposure to gold in any rallies. I used to like the idea of doing that when we went towards 2000, but we may need to adjust our expectations here and lower that level a bit. I am definitely watching the yellow line on my chart closely. For some reason, the 200-day moving average is always yellow, and a break of this could really be very significant. So with that, thank you, Helen, for having me on the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and enjoy what in Geneva, at least, will be a very hot and sunny weekend. Great. Thanks very much, Tim, for sharing your thoughts this morning. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guest this morning and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We'd love to hear your feedback. And do join us again next week. I'll be back on Monday talking to more of my colleagues about what is moving markets. Until then, have a great day, everyone, and then a great weekend. Bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. 
please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.